This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Sport of Pro Wrestling podcast. I am Chris Samsa, and this is your New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax 30 Night 13 Preview. G1 Climax 30 returns to its starting line which, with its third card of the tournament from Edion Arena in Osaka. When we last left Osaka, each wrestler had wrestled just once, and the first ever autumnal G1 Climax was in its infancy. The long and winding path of the A Block will step back between the ropes in Osaka on October 12th for their 7th card of the tournament. A resurgent Kazuchika Okada will face Shingo Takagi in the main event in their first ever singles match. In the semi-main event, Kota Ibushi will face Minoru Suzuki in their first singles match since 2013. Third from the top, Will Ospreay and Taichi will meet for the fourth time in their careers, with this being the first time they're both truly heavyweights. And the block is filled out with a Bullet Club intra-faction matchup between Jay White and Yujiro Takahashi. And two big brawlers will open up the block matches as uh, Jeff Cobb and Tomohiro Ishii renew their young rivalry. Of course, you can find my complete statistical breakdown for every competitor in this, G1's cli- in this year's G1 Climax at VoicesOfWrestling.com. I have interactive, sortable tables for NJPW's 2020, detailed results and statistics of every single G1 Climax match to date, as well as a full box score for this year's tournament at sportofprowrestling.com. And of course, you can let me know what you find when you drill down that data, or if you've just got a fun factoid that you figured out by dropping me a line on Twitter at the Chris Samsa. Now, like I said, this will be the seventh A Block card. So only three more matches left for these A-block competitors. And this is going to come to us from Edion Arena in Osaka. So we're back at the starting gates of this year's G1. They're going to do one more card here in Osaka. And that's going to be on October 10th, 2020. The time is a little bit earlier than usual. It's 5 p.m. Japan Standard Time. That's 3 a.m. for me here in Chicago. 4 a.m. on the East Coast of America uh, 8 a.m. over in London. That's a great time. That sounds like a nice breakfast show. Of course, you can catch this card live or on demand on njpwworld.com. And if you're using njpwworld.com, you better be using the njpwext browser extension. njpwext is the only browser extension for njpwworld.com with features like synchronized viewing parties, dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and shared playlists, and much, much more. It takes NJPW World to the next level. Visit njpwext.us today for details. Okay, so, lot to get into here. We're in the back third of the G1 Climax. Last three block matches for each of these guys. Last three block cards for each block. Here we go. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, We've got some statistical probabilities. We've got a lot of stats from just this year's tournament to, to look at and see where these wrestlers are headed. But first things first, I've got to talk about my favorite 
possibility that can come out of tonight's card. And that's that, um, well, right now, eight of ten wrestlers in the block sit within two points of the top. And at night's end, all eight could feasibly be tied at eight points in what may very well be the largest and latest deadlock of its kind. So here, here's how the block could all basically all land at an eight-way, eight-point tie. So we've got Okada at eight points facing Shingo Takagi at six. So if Shingo wins that match, they're both at eight. We've got Kota Ibushi at eight points facing Minoru Suzuki at six. Suzuki wins that match. They're both at eight. We've got Will Ospreay at eight points facing Taichi at six. Taichi wins that. They're both at eight. We've got Jay White facing Yujiro Takahashi. Jay White loses to Yujiro. Jay White's at eight. Yujiro, not a part of the equation. And then we've got uh, Tomohiro Ishii at six facing Jeff Cobb. If Ishii wins, he's at eight. Cobb, again, not a part of the equation. So it's not an outrageous scenario that could that could happen. All of those are um, believable losses. I would say that White losing to Yudro might be the most surprising. Um, but Tai Chi over Osprey, Minoru Suzuki over Ibushi, and and Shingo over Okada, like those all sound those all sound feasible to me based on the the level of those all of those competitors. So I know what I'm rooting for just because it would give me a lot of fun. Um tiebreakers and math to do and and assigning probabilities and and things of the sort so i am i am looking for that um i will i will place my bet with a parlay on all those things happening so i can um really have a fun day tomorrow uh looking at at all of the um all the possibilities that come up with that so but right now let's let's take a look at results to date let's take a look at our box score so we've got like i said Kota Ibushi, Kazuchika Okada, Will Ospreay, and Jay White, they all have eight points. You've got another four wrestlers with six points. That's Shingo Takagi, Taichi, Tomohiro Ishii, Minoru Suzuki. You've got Jeff Cobb with four points, and Yujiro Takahashi already eliminated. Zero points. He's 0-6, and and, um, he he could not win the block here. So... um, as for people who could be eliminated tonight, Jeff Cobb could be eliminated tonight. He um, he very likely doesn't have a path to victory currently, um, just based on who faces who and who's going to have wins. But you always have to account mathematically for um, the the possibility of double countouts or double knockouts or or um, some you know a match a match having no points determined based on the results. So. Um, so Cobb is not quite eliminated. He could technically still get to 10 points. Other than that, the four wrestlers at six points will have a really challenging path forward if they are not successful tonight because they'll be two matches behind anyone who's sit- currently sitting at eight and they will only have two matches left. So they would only be able to tie and the likelihood of one of those tiebreakers not being the person who wins the block or, uh, you know, lands at the top of the block would be pretty slim. At this point in the tournament, winning streaks or losing streaks are pretty important. It seems that um, typically at the end of a tournament, it's usually not someone who's grabbing their their first win in four that ends up winning the the block here. So 
it's important to keep an eye on some of these guys with a winning or a losing streak. And if they're losing right now, it's important probably that this is the this is the night that they turn it around and they get they can knock out two or three wins in a row. Things get pretty heated uh, towards the end of the end of the block time here. So let's let's take a peek at some some of the winning and losing streaks of the A block. Will Ospreay has a winning streak of three matches. Kazuchika Okada has a winning streak of three matches, and Tomohiro Ishii has won his last three matches, the only three in the tournament that he has won. Shingo Takagi comes in with a two-match winning streak. Jay White just won one match, so that's not not even a streak. It's just he won his last match. So losing on the losing side, Kota Ibushi lost his last match. Jeff Cobb lost his last match. Taichi's lost two in a row. Suzuki's lost two in a row. And obviously, Yujiro Takahashi, already eliminated, has lost six in a row. So, Osprey and Okada, they're uh, currently the, the probability leaders. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that calculation. But uh, th- that th- those three-match winning streaks definitely come into play there. So, let's look at stamina and efficiency. So, stamina being, you know, uh, the total match length. So, who's going the longest... Um, and then efficiency being who's winning in kind of the shortest amount or who has the best win-loss differential. So total match length, Shingo Takagi, 1 hour, 54 minutes, and 50 seconds. That's the highest in the block. So that represents stamina, of course, right? So lowest in the block, Yujiro Takahashi at 1 hour, 7 minutes, and 37 seconds. That's an average of just 11 minutes and 16 seconds in all of those losses. And so... Shingo Shingo's average 1908 is actually one of the highest in G1 history. The highest average match length in G1 history is Kazuchika Okada's 2019 G1 at 21 minutes and 2 seconds. If we look at average winning and average losing match length, the highest average winning match length right now in the block is Tomohiro Ishii at 20 minutes and 2 seconds of course that's kind of stretched by the long the long win against Shingo Takagi so that was the longest match in this block at 2601 um shortest average win is Suzuki at 1006 so that actually bodes really well for him considering his loss time is three and a half minutes longer than that so he's got a really good win-loss differential but not the best in the block the best win-loss differential so that's the um lose or winning match time subtracted by the average losing match time does belong to Kazuchika Okada at 6 minutes and 37 seconds. The average loss for Okada is taking 20 minutes and 11 seconds. Average win just 13.34. So I'm going to save some of the um, ring time analysis for tomorrow's show previewing the next B block card because there's a lot going on with the time metrics and Tetsuya Naito and Toriyano and I would like to kind of verbally explore what all of that means and and what story may be um, unfolding with Naito in the B block as we as we preview that next card and they're really their last three.
I think it's especially important to talk through key tiebreakers for the A block. Now, we already talked about that scenario where they're all going to land with eight points, um, and this would get really dicey then, and this would get really important then too. But it's really important now already because there are four wrestlers at eight points. So let's take a look at their key tiebreakers at the top, the very, very top of the the block standings. I'm not going to go through the six-point tiebreakers because I don't think that they are... Uh, indicative of, of anything just yet. So, wrestlers with eight points. Kota Ibushi, he's got tiebreakers over Kazuchika Okada and Will Ospreay, both with eight points, as well as Tomohiro Ishii, who has six. Kazuchika Okada has eight points. He has tiebreakers only uh, only over Minoru Suzuki and Taichi. So, those are both six-pointers. So, um, I guess a little less important depending on what happens um, on this card. Will Ospreay with eight points. He's got a, an eight-point tiebreaker over Jay White, but he's got three six-point tiebreakers. So Ishii, Suzuki, and Shingo Takagi. So if any three of them end up tied with Ospreay, he's still got the tiebreaker. So that that sets him up really well. And then Jay White also has four key tiebreakers. Kota Ibushi, Kazuchika Okada, both currently tied with, and then um, Shingo Takagi and Taichi. So, you know, I I would say that Jay White actually has the, I mean, statistically, he has the best tiebreakers to have right now. So that bodes well for the Switchblade. And that all builds into um, my, you know, my favorite self-made metric. It's, it's called weighted block win probability. And uh, weighted block win probability is a weighted combination of points, maximum points, tiebreaker values, efficiency metrics, remaining opponents, elimination numbers, and your streak. So all the things we've kind of drilled down on our way here. And I wanted to talk through who's got the best and, and you know, especially of these top four, what is, what is their probability of winning this block as we enter um, this seventh card. So the A block enters its seventh set of block matches with a, a lot of parity at the top of the block. Uh, the calculations for weighted block win probability weight a wrestler's points heavier than anything. So having four wrestlers tied with eight points at the top of the standings leads to very similar data points. Um, but the details shake out who has even the slightest edge um, going into the last three matches of the tournament. So Kota Ibushi has a 21.83% block win probability. So he actually has the best based on um, mostly his efficiency and his tiebreakers because he does have two tiebreakers over eight pointers. So he's got tiebreakers over Okada and Osprey. So Kotobushi and Jay White are tied for the easiest strength of schedule going forward also. Um, largely because they both have Yujiro Takahashi ahead of them, so a zero-pointer ahead of them. Jay White has an 18.83. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, "Ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from Arena Club com the only repack that provides real value a complete view of all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one now when i buy slab packs at arena club it finally feels like i know what i'm getting 
I was able to open an arena club slab pack and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah, you can open it and look, it's going to be junk. You're you you know what I mean? Like you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Percent block win probability. White benefits from having the most valuable tiebreakers with wins over two of the three wrestlers. With wins over two of the other three wrestlers sitting at eight points, as well as two six-pointers. We, we just went through specifically who his tiebreakers are. Uh, Okada has the least valuable tiebreakers at this point. He lost to White and Ibushi, and he faces Osprey on the last night of block competition. Okada also has two tiebreakers among the six-point group. Each of his last three opponents in the block is currently within two points of the top. So Okada's got some really important matches coming up. Right now, he's at 18.4% block win probability, so um, just over 3%. Uh, less probable to win the block than Kota Ibushi. And Will Ospreay has has had a very efficient tournament, just a 16-minute and 11-second average match length with a positive win-loss differential. So he's actually having a significantly different tournament in that way uh, compared to his first G1 last year. He sees some statistical benefit from his evolving style. He's currently sitting with a 20.11% uh, block win probability partially driven up by um, his four tiebreakers, one of which is over 8-point J. White. You can find uh, my block win probability in a pretty graph as well as just in a chart on sportofprowrestling.com as well as on my Twitter feed. I will be posting that there because I, I think it's really interesting to see how it all adds up. You put everything together and, and how do the numbers shake out, right? So 
Um, right now, the low end of block win probability, Jeff Cobb, a 2% block win probability. So, I mean, once you put all the data points in it, it does typically shake out. I'm curious to see what it'll look like after this um, after this card, especially if we get that scenario where eight guys are tied with eight points. Um, that may um, open up a whole Pandora's box of things that I want to look at and include in this metric. So, I don't know. It's fun. Uh, I'll, I'll spare you the full explanation. Maybe I'll do a, a side cast on that. But right now, I think we've got to get into the match-by-match. So, the main event will be Kazuchika Okada versus Shingo Takagi. Kazuchika Okada entering at 8 points versus Shingo Takagi entering at 6. Shingo Takagi and Kazuchika Okada will deliver on a first-time dream match in the main event from Osaka. The last time we saw Shingo Takagi, he was, de- he was defeating Kota Ibushi in another first-time dream match between two long-standing pillars of wrestling outside of NJPW. Tonight, Takagi will attempt to do the same against resurgent and even younger New Japan legend Kazuchika Okada. Okada enters Okada enters this match tied for the top of the block, but it almost seems like he got there on accident. Okada has looked less than dominant in his first six matches, but he has somehow found a way to win four of them. His two most recent wins have have been via seated cradle for a pin, first over Jeff Cobb, and then over his longtime rival, Minoru Suzuki. Before succumbing to pinfall temptation in his last two matches, uh, Okada had been dedicated to his submission hold, the money clip. Uh, that, That hold had finished Okada's previous nine winning falls. It is unclear why Okada abandoned his longstanding impact finisher before that, the Rainmaker, but Shingo Takagi is not a likely candidate to submit to any hold. Only John Moxley has caused Shingo Takagi to submit in a New Japan ring, and that was via a Texas Cloverleaf during last year's G1 tournament. Shingo has quietly stayed in contention during this tournament. He lost his first two matches to Jay White and Jeff Cobb, but he has since won three of his last four, and he currently sits only two points behind the leaders of the block. This could land him a tie atop the block. So there's not a ton more to dissect in the data points since we've already looked at quite a bit in the overall block preview here. So, But I, I think it's important, something worth checking out here is that Shingo Takagi is quietly having um, a year, you know, 2020, where his matches run pretty long. His average match length in 2020 is um, 19 minutes and 16 seconds, and that's that's pretty significant over the course of 12 matches. It is a little shorter than Okada. Okada's at 20 minutes and 28 seconds, but that is, that's actually pretty short for Okada when it comes down to it. Okada is typically known for going pretty long, and this year's G1 has actually reduced his average match length significantly, whereas Shingo's still living right in that same range his average match length 1908 during the G1. So something to keep an eye on, whether Takagi can keep up that kind of pace or if um, that ends up giving him the stamina to win some of these longer matches. Right now, his average winning match length is uh, 2 minutes and 26 uh, seconds longer than his average loss. Like I said, this is their first ever singles match. This is definitely one that people uh, marked on their calendars when the cards came out and um, to do it in a main event from Osaka. Um, The Osaka crowd was really engaged in those first two G1 um, 
Blackheart, so I'm hopeful for another really engaged crowd potentially giving Kazuchika Okada some extra energy or, um, you know, really, really, really giving this match some some fire, the fire it deserves as a as a first time dream match. In the semi-main event, we'll have Kota Ibushi facing Minoru Suzuki. Kota Ibushi coming in with eight points. Minoru Suzuki coming in with six. Uh, this is a match between two guys who both lost their last match. Suzuki's on a two-match losing streak. Kota Ibushi, just that one. And Suzuki's looking to at least tie Ibushi, potentially tie everyone at those eight points and be a part of, um, be a part of that leading group. In total match length, uh, Ibushi's right up there. He's in 1 hour, 46 minutes, and 19 seconds. Suzuki, relatively efficient at 1 hour, 11 minutes, and 4 seconds. Uh, Ibushi's longest loss was 21.56, and uh, Suzuki's was 14.26. Both have positive win-loss differentials. Ibushi's at 5.13, and Suzuki is at 3.30. Uh, both these guys have a lot of G1 Climax history. Uh, Bushi 31 and 22 overall currently, and and Suzuki 38 and 33 and two with the two draws. So, and, and less than one hour of total match length um, separates these two. So, Ibushi's got 14 hours and 26 minutes of total match length, where uh, Suzuki has 15 hours and 21. In 2020, both these guys are five and five, actually. So at 500, looking to looking to improve upon that and put them on the right track to have a nice tail end of the year. They have faced once. This is not a first time match. They faced once. It was during G1 Climax 2013. It was from Ryogoku Sumo Hall, and Minoru Suzuki was the winner in that match in 13 minutes and 37 seconds. Uh, G1 Climax 23. Uh, from 2013, that is um, one of the one of the better G1 Climax tournaments to go back and watch because you see, um, you know, quite a bit of evolution from a lot of these uh, wrestlers and a lot of these guys um, that are in this year's tournament are still competing in the G1. The mid card of the block matches will feature Will Osprey versus Tai Chi. Will Osprey entering with eight points and Tai Chi entering with six. Osprey is on a three-match winning streak. Taichi's looking to stop a two-match losing streak. Osprey has already matched his uh, output from last year's G1 with eight points already in this year's tournament. And Taichi, with one more win, will match his tournament last year. So they're both positioned to improve upon um, their tournaments last year. In overall G1, so we can we can kind of look at this because these guys have the same number of matches. Um, they both participated in their first G1 last year, so they've both had 15 G1 Climax matches. Tai Chi is seven and eight. Will Osprey is eight and seven. Uh, Will Osprey though, average match length 16 minutes and 23 seconds. So his total match length over an hour longer than Tai Chi's at four hours. 5 minutes and 46 seconds, Tai Chi just crossed the 3-hour threshold, So, which is a threshold that it looks like Tetsuya Naito may cross this year. So um, pretty short match times for Tai Chi. He, um, he looks to get out quickly, it seems. Year to date, 2020, they're both sitting at 500. Will Ospreay is 4-4. Four and four. Tai Chi is 5-5. Five and five. Of course, both looking to set themselves up to um, have a nice strong back quarter of the year here 
they have faced each other three times, and it's an interesting evolution or, or progression, if you will. So in 2017, Tai Chi defeated Will Ospreay during the Best of the Super Junior Tournament, Best of Super Junior 24. In 2018, they wrestled at RevPro Strong Style Evolved, and that was also a Tai Chi victory. And then in 2018, Will Ospreay finally defeated Tai Chi for the Never Openweight number one contendership. That was uh, during the World Tag League Tour, and it ended up leading to Will Ospreay's match with Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom. So an interesting evolution from best of super junior, so junior heavyweight, never open weight, so that's the open weight, kind of the, the middle middle section, and now finally a G1 match, which is um, kind of the quintessential heavyweight tournament. So these guys have uh, kind of quickly grown into their own together, Osprey making it clear that he's uh, here to stay in the heavyweight division, and 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 truthfully, Tai Chi doing the same. Um, tai Chi's looked really good in this tournament. He is on track to at least match his his win loss output from last year and potentially come out ahead of it. So this will be a, a defining match for I think both of these guys as this tournament goes forward. Second G1 block match of the night will be Jay White versus Yujiro Takahashi. I'm not even going to talk about statistics here because it's pretty clear who the better wrestler is. It's it's definitely Jay White that speaks in in the record as well as just their history. But when it comes down to it, this match, uh, the thing to look out for in this match is whether Yujiro Takahashi is acting as a subordinate to Jay White. So they've um, Evil has talked a bit about Jay White and and criticized Jay White a little bit for. Um, trusting Yudro, trusting Bullet Club, trusting the people around him. So it'll be kind of a fascinating thing to watch for is whether Yudro uh, fights fair, fights unfair, uses other Bullet Club friends to try to win this match against Jay White. Um, like I said, if Yudro wins this, that does maybe set us up to have all these guys at eight points except for Yudro and Cobb. So maybe a wrinkle worth keeping an eye on. But um, yeah, the most, the, the, the real thing to keep an eye on is the actions, not necessarily the statistics of these guys. And the first G1 block match of the night will be Tomohiro Ishii versus Jeff Cobb. Two big, beefy boys likely going to beat the hell out of each other. Ishii's entering this match at six points. Jeff Cobb with four. Cobb not technically eliminated, likely doesn't have a path to a victory, but... Um, the math allows for him to still be in the hunt. So you got to expect that these guys are both still fighting for something. Ishii definitely still in the thick of it. Ishii with his three-match win streak right now as well, surging forward potentially. Um, you know, he's, he's potentially is going to be a player on the last night of, of block competition. So, and that's all anyone can really ask for is have something to fight for on that last night. Uh, they have faced each other three times in the past uh, over the course of 2018 and 2019. Their first match was at OTT Scrapper Mania in Dublin, Ireland. Their second match was uh, just a little over a month after that at WrestleCon in New Orleans, Louisiana, United States. And then they faced each other in last year's G1 Climax Tournament, their first um, NJPW match, and that was an Ishii victory at Ota City General Gymnasium. I don't think I mentioned Ishii's actually won all three of their matches together. So 
potentially Jeff Cobb, that's something for him to fight for too, is, um, you know, finally avenging those three losses. Whew, okay, uh, we went a little bit long today. We are coming up on our G1 Climax block match time limit of 30 minutes, so I am going to get out of here. We have previewed all five of the block matches. We talked a little bit about weighted block win probability, some key tiebreakers, as well as just the general standings and what goes into um, how we're looking at the probability. Um, we may be a little refreshed. We had one day off, but I mean, here we go. We're down to the final stretch. We're in the back third of the tournament, and I will be here every day as we go through that together. Of course, you can find this preview in written form at sportofprowrestling.com or voicesofwrestling.com, and I would love it if you drop me a follow on Twitter at the Chris Samsa. I will be up watching this show. I'm very excited about this one. I'm very curious where we're headed. I appreciate you giving me a listen, and I will see you next time on the Sport of Pro Wrestling Podcast.